Hello, and welcome back to another Fact Podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clarity, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, in this Sunday morning episode, we have Dr. Michael Christopher from the Buffalo, New York area back, and we talk about what is the definition of true health and attaining true health, at least to get you started. We talk about getting coaches and experts around you, and we also start talking about get those experts around you that are qualified, get those winners around you. If you wanted to be a good football quarterback, you would talk to Tom Brady, not the Division Three quarterback for Sister Mary's Home of the Blind. You wouldn't want to get around those people. You want to get around and listen to people that not only have the training and the terminal degree, terminal degree means PhD, MD, BS, whatever you have, DC, but it, it means someone who's gone on and continues to study. Education and knowledge and experience and practice or profession, professional practice, um, is an experience thing. So if I want the best shoulder surgeon in the area, I want someone who's worked on someone who benches 500 pounds and knows how to fix a shoulder so the person can come back and do it again. If I want to learn about health, I want to find someone who not only lives a healthy lifestyle and has healed people who are unhealthy. So, you know, moving out of CNN and mass media and, you know, all the craziness of of the social networks right now, what we really need to do is focus on the winners. So if you're looking to lose weight or fight off this virus, find someone who already has and find out what they did. Find out, explore, research. You'll be shocked, you know, if you're getting your information from people that are not winners or not successful at what they're doing. You would never ask someone, unfortunately, who's been broke and can't make money how to invest. So what I would say is invest in your own health by getting those experts around you and keep finding until you find someone that can tell you about health and pick up a book. You may have to start you know, with, you know, the beginner's guide to biology or biology for dummies or whatever's out there now. But you have to start studying your health. You're going to have this body for 80 years. And if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s and 60s, and you've been scared by a virus or a pandemic, do you know about how your body works? This should be a wake-up call for everyone. I've been saying it for a year and I'll continue to say this is a wake-up call for you to at least get knowledge, to learn how your body works and how to fight off things. So get those winners around you, get those successful people around you and follow those advi- their advice and make sure it's someone you can work with all the time. So again, welcome Dr. Michael Christopher. I want to welcome back Dr. Michael Christopher from the Buffalo, New York area. Um, he's coming in here today. We're going to talk about what true health is. And I think uh, with this pandemic, this is going to be helpful. We have people out there saying that someone actually is infected if they have no symptoms and are asymptomatic. They're asymptomatic carriers. We have people out there thinking, oh, you know, my great aunt died of COVID, but she was healthy as a horse, but she was 100 pounds overweight and on five medications. So I I really want to get into um, the definition of health, the definition of symptoms, real basic stuff, and then we can expand from there. Welcome back to this early Sunday morning, Dr. Mike. (laughs) I like it. Thank you, sir. Always happy to be back. Talk 
can you use always a good time? You know that we've been <laughs> doing this for quite a while on a personal level. So this is just putting it on tape. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I wanted to cover some stuff and I'll, I'll throw some stuff out there and have you expound on it. Um, I'm going to go back to the eighties. There's a fancy guy in the seventies named Jim Fix, Jim Fix, F-I-X-X. He wrote the complete book of running and started the jogging craze. So everyone, you know, who was sitting around and never exercising, you had all these, um, you had middle of America, the middle class, throw on running shoes that, you know, thanks to Jim Fix, we now have all these fancy running shoes and Nike and Adidas are very grateful for him. And uh, he said, hey, just start jogging, just start moving. It's good for your health. Eat a little better. Um, huge stuff. Heretic, right? You had the American Medical Association come out against him a little bit until they saw the wave of uh, popularity. And then at age 52 in 1984, he died of a massive heart attack. Going forward to um, sort of more modern times, a lot of listeners have no idea who Jim Fix is. I'm dating myself because I was a, almost a senior in high school when he died. Um, Bob Harper. Bob Harper was the, the well-known popular TV host for The Greatest Loser, that program where you, they follow you for 90 days and have you lose as much weight. And whoever lost the most weight um, won a big prize, money. Well, Bob Harper was like the testament to endurance and, and coaching. Um, he uh, ran that show to, I think, 2015-ish. And then in 2017, he almost died of a massive heart attack, February 2017. And that, that just goes to point to people. And, of course, people will say, well, you can't control your health or that's genetic. And we'll talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> but I, I really wanted to bring up that you know, health is not, you know, what you see on the surface. This pandemic has brought around, you know, oh, I, I, I'll just give you an example, Dr. Mike, and it, it drives me crazy. And my wife almost threw a pillow at the TV when we watched it. We get up every morning to have coffee, talk a little bit about our day, and we watch the news, you know, the local news. We don't watch national news. That, that'll drive you insane. And in this local news um, report, they had this woman who had been in a coma for 30 days from COVID-19, and she was otherwise healthy. Now, this is a woman who's been in bed for almost 30 days. They interviewed her on TV. She was at least 200 pounds overweight. And she had mentioned, you know, that her diabetes, her first only symptom she had before she got COVID was her diabetes was a little out of control. The report and the, the text underneath her was, healthy woman awakes from co um, coma after COVID. Healthy woman. I about wow. lost my mind. Um, I can't tell you how many patients have told me, yeah, well, my aunt, she died of COVID and she was healthy. Really? How many medications was she on? Was she overweight? What was her immune system like? Well, she, you know, she had diabetes her whole life and she was an alcoholic and she was this, she was that. And I'm like, oh my God, you don't know what the word healthy means. The ma mass media and I, I don't, I don't want to blame the medical association uh, community for everything. It's just not their fault. It's our culture's fault. Our culture has changed the definition of health and wellness. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, Doctor Mike, if you could, because I just, it just Absolutely. drives me nuts. It's a subject I'm very passionate about because the people out there trying on their keyboards on Facebook now, telling me what health is, 
are absolutely clueless. I, yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I think I find interesting is people's definitions of health. Um, I ask my patients all the time, you know, uh, you know, how do you define health? What's health to you? And you get, you know, these classic definitions that someone is happy. So at least they're touching on the psychological aspects of health and that someone is um, active and that they have relationships that may be healthy and that they're eating healthy foods. And, you know, I'm always like, okay, give me a few healthy foods. And, you know, you, you hear these, you know, a lot of times you hear these descriptions that are really pretty uh, amazing. And, and I understand we've, you know, if you look at advertising that's been going on about, you know, what foods are, I love the one, you know, pork is the other white meat. You know, the, these are outright statements that are, that are hysterical. It's just hysterical. And it's sad because if you're getting your health information from infomercials, uh, standard television, if you haven't been reading books by authors that have spent their entire lives dedicated to that. But my working definition of health is every cell in your body on purpose. So your liver's doing the liver thing. Your eyes are doing the eye thing. Your skin is doing the skin thing, right? So if every cell in your body is on its purpose, it's just like a person when they find their purpose. Think of the power. When you decided to, to power lift, what happened? You were on your purpose. You're built to be a power lifter. And then you took every ounce of everything you had and you put it in there and there you go, right? That isn't something that a lot of people have the genetics and or ability to do, to, to, to bring it to your level. Everybody, everybody can power lift and, and, and get stronger and it's fantastic, but not everybody can bring it to your level. But that became your a purpose. You and I always like to quote Conan the Barbarian when we can, right? When, when he found what his true purpose was, he mattered. Right. And he yeah, mattered because he was successful. He got the admiration of his clan, of his people. And when you feel that admiration, you become even more powerful. So getting a true definition of health, exactly. When someone says, oh, boy, she, you know, he or she's very healthy. OK, well, let's really delve into that. You know, what happens when they close the doors at their house? What are the relationships in that house like? How toxic is that? The meaning of that? And what are, what are they doing from a survival standpoint? To me, if you're not tapping into the ancient ways and rhythms of our existence, you can't be healthy. Being uncomfortable is very, very healthy. How uncomfortable is it to put 800 pounds on your body, to lift, to lift 800 pounds? How uncomfortable is it for me to try to keep up with my, my, my goals at setting my mile time in running? or my, my chin-up record that I'm currently working on. Mm -hmm. uh, it, these are uncomfortable things, but it reminds me that I am a, in some, some degree, tapping into the primal side of me. I'm a big fan of Mark Sesson, you know, primal blueprint. He went and looked at the 165,000 years of our existence and said, what did we do? He went to anthropologists and said, how much did we run? How much did we walk? What did we eat? You know, how many people did we hang out with? You wrote another book called Primal Connection. Uh, I, I recommend these books all the time because they get into the real truth of how we lived. What did we do? How much time did we spend doing different things? So when you're healthy, you're, you're putting yourself in discomfort occasionally, and you're growing from that. We're meant to grow. We're not meant to be st still or stagnant emotionally, chemically, in any way, stillness, except for sleep. There's a time. Even in sleep, you're moving, Right. I mean, sharks think of how they swim. They swim with their mouths open. And it looks all dangerous, 
But what's happening? They're pushing the water past their gills. That's how they're breathing. You hold the shark still in the water and it drowns. Mm -hmm. So we are like that. These themes, when you study nature, you see the themes of health, existence, and happiness. I watch how I was sitting time in the Rockies. I look down at these roots and I'm watching how they get around the rocks to get to the soil and how they're headed to the water. There was a little bit of a trickling water next to me. And I thought, look what they're doing. They're getting around rock, weaving, bobbing, going underneath. That's a struggle. That root didn't do that by uh, clicking on the television and popping the Twinkie. That root did that by burrowing and, and, and focusing, and it got to the water. It had to get around the rocks to do it. And to me, when you're doing those things, when you're in rhythm with nature, you're healthy. That's why I like to go into nature. And there's things called earthing where you know everyone knows about how beautiful nature is to be in and how you feel. The reason you feel that way is you're getting a stimulus. I just went skiing yesterday for like six hours. Fantastic. I haven't done it in a while. And I came home and I was so sleepy and I loved it because it was that peaceful sleep. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm going to hit the books later, probably today and find out what is it about fresh air, maybe cold air that really, really puts you to sleep, makes you tired because being tired at the end of the day is healthy. You gave your all and you learned something maybe, right? Another definition of success that you and I used to talk about years ago. What is the definition of success? Giving your all today and having learned something. You gave everything you had, and now you learn something about your life, about yourself, about others, and then you're truly healthy. So when I, it comes to this pandemic, defining Let me, let me stop is, you here is, a minute, Mike. You, you just said sure. something, and I, I want the listeners to hear it. You know, the definition of success is giving your all every day and learning something down to the cellular level, that's what our immune system does every day. Every day, mm -hmm. our immune system reaches out to our environment. What is friend? What is foe? Knock out these, these foes. Get them out of here. Friend, take pictures and see who it is. And it learns something every day. Our immune system is supposed to be giving its all every day. Awesome. Perfect, perfect example, right? Yeah. It is, it is doing what it's, it, and it's doing its purpose. And imagine if you take its purpose away. Oh. Don't give it anything to do. Oh. Let it be bored. What does it do? Imagine you or I having to be locked up with no books, no, no way to exercise. What would happen? We'd destruct, right? Because yeah. we're so, yes, that it's about growth and it's about moving to next levels and, and being physical, you take that away, we would probably be maybe self-destructive. I hate to think that, but it might happen. Yeah. And that's what the immune system does, in my opinion. When you follow the hygiene hypothesis, you find out that the immune system starts to attack self if you don't give it some entertainment. I was watching a, a, a movie one time, and I believe it was the Viking series that you and I love. Yeah. And the guy is in this battle. He's covered in blood and he's covered in dirt. And he bites an apple, and as he's talking, the blood and the dirt runs down the white part of the apple, and then he takes another bite. And they were showing his frost, but in my mind, what they're showing me is he's training his immune system to get used to the new blood because he's probably just taken over a new group of people because he just yep. won the battle. He's going to have to be around yep. their germs. Yep. Here's a little sample of some of the stuff they're made. He just drank their blood, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. And the dirt in the soil environment that maybe you're conquering so you have to get used to your environment and you have to get that inside your body to do that 
And I'm not telling everybody to go out and start eating dirt on the front lawn. Absolutely, that's a little over the top. But the dust in the air from the soil organisms, when you're out there doing natural and healthy things like gardening or just riding your mountain bike in the woods, those are all things that get you in contact with your environment, get to know it from an immune system level. And then, like you said, the memory in there, it's, it's making memories, it's taking pictures. Expand on what you mean by the immune system taking pictures. Well, we have, we have, Doc, we have these special cells um, called T cells and B cells. And the T cells stand for thymus because um, children are not adults. They, they're little aliens. They have an extra organ that we don't have. It's the thymus gland that's right underneath your breastbone, your sternum. And it takes pictures of everything in our environment, everything that comes in, goes past. And once it takes a picture, it figures out who friend or foe is. Hey, this is a, a Fred cell. Or no, I don't know what this is. This is a virus, it's a fungus, it's a bacteria. It, it's a cell that Fred screwed up and doesn't look like Fred anymore. Looks like Uncle Joe. We call that cancer. And we got to get rid of Uncle Joe because this is Fred. This is supposed to be Fred, right? So it, mm -hmm. they run around and they have this memory. One of the biggest thing in the pandemics that's so amazing, us biologists already know different, is that you they're finding that the antibodies go away after you've had an infection or even been vaccinated for it after nine months. Well, of course, you can't walk around with antibodies to the 1,000 things you've been exposed to. You'd have motor oil for blood, right? Full of all these proteins called antibodies. Well, guess what? Your body remembers it, makes some of them. Oh, this is how you make it. Then it keeps that memory. So as soon as you're exposed, you can ramp it up. Another thing is, is these T cells also are like Pac-Man. They have memory. They don't even need the antibodies to cluster around and gang tackle the, the, the enemy. They, they're like, you know, terminators. They, they have complete memory. They don't need a gang tackle. They don't need all these antibodies and they will just kill the, the uh, sucker. If it's not, if it's a foe, if it's an enemy, they're finding out magically, it's called the principles of biology, you idiots. They're finding out magically that the T cells, the T cell memory is the most important thing with coronaviruses. Well, we've known this since the 1980s and 90s. Amazingly, we forgot how to read a textbook and a research paper um, with this pandemic because it got political. But the, the interesting thing is, and I love this, is at least my patients are asking about health. But the, the T cells and the B cells, they have memory. Our, and that memory sometimes is given by our parents. It passes down. So when a baby is born, you know, they, they go through the birth canal and they get all this gunk on them and all that. They're actually being exposed to the mother's environment. And that is where we start to build our immune system. There's studies now saying when a baby's born, you don't wipe all that stuff off because that's how you build your immune system. It's the way nature decided that this is supposed to happen. And that way that protects the baby right away. They ramp up their T cell memory to figure things out. So I, I actually thought it's, a, it's pretty interesting now that in this pandemic, it's almost like a science fiction show. You see all these science fiction shows where a virus comes in and people turn to zombies or a virus comes and wipes out the whole population. And I'm like, uh, no. I mean, we were dirty, dirty, like junky people 
um, you know, no health care, you know, no idea about health and wellness. We thought everything had to do with the hand of God, whether he liked us or not. And we had many plagues that wiped out whole communities. But when they say wiped out, I mean, a third gone, like the bubonic plague in the 1300s. But those other two thirds, those people were strong as hell. And that was passed down. People forget that, you know, biology doesn't have any morals. It basically its whole purpose is to push us forward and make us stronger and more efficient, more successful. We call that natural selection. And that means that those that are strong are selected to procreate and pass off those talents and skills. And when we are exposed to a heavy environment, lifting weights, moving things, a bacteria, a virus, our body only has two choices, growth or die. And that's a hard thing. Um, when I try to tell people that, you know, oh, I want you to, you know, your memory's starting to go or you've had a stroke, I want you to go learn a language. And they were like, what? And I said, there's neurological <laughs> reasons for it, but I want you to get on your laptop. You can do that. You had a stroke. You're not dead. You know, and I want you to get Rosetta Stone. Don't spend those thousands over on this. I'll give you some exercises to do to rehab, but I want you to learn a new language. And people are just shocked um, at, you know, there's this crazy chiropractor in Minneapolis that yanks people out of wheelchairs. And, uh, you know, I, I had a, a, a very famous physical therapist ask me, well, how do you do that? You know, using Bobath, using this and that, this type. I said, well, I use some of those principles. And I said, yes, but you know how I rehabilitate people? Push them, make them. And I don't mean weights. I said, okay, they can't move, but they can think still. So I have them learn a new language. They're like, what? I, yeah, I have them do crossword puzzles. I have them do things that drive the brain. And amazingly, it drives the other part of the brain, floods the brain with chemicals for healing, and they get up out of the wheelchair. So bringing it back to your point, it's about stressing every day, every day. And if you do get injured or do get sick, guess what? That's good. It's not a bad thing to get a cold. You know, you walk around. It's, it's amazing when someone comes up to, you know, to you at a family gathering at church and someone has a cold. Oh, yeah, I'm just getting over a cold. Oh, yeah, it was bad. But I'm like, yes, I want to ring a bell. You're building your immune system. You know, when I when I told yeah, people I won I the worlds, they don't go, oh, yeah, wow, you won the worlds. That's a terrible thing. No, every time you get a cold and a flu and you get over it, you're not you're still here. You're not dead. You won. You took a picture and you're going to kick that thing's butt the next time. Conor McGregor, the Irish MMA guy, got his butt knocked out in the second round. I guarantee when he fights that gentleman again, he will not get knocked out in the second round. No way. No, we got to be reminded sometimes that we're we were not giving it our all, right? And I think uh, one of the things you talked about earlier about being uncomfortable, you know, this this constant seek that people have for comfort and security is artificial and crippling. And if you ever see a, a, a man child, I like to call him, you get a guy who is 45 years old, still lives in a basement with his mom. <laughs> And he's making all kinds of excuses. Now, if you've been, if you're in the basement of your mom's house at 40 something years old, that could happen from temporary circumstances. Yeah. God bless you. You're getting it together. No insult there. But if you've never really gotten out and you've never really taken responsibility, 
Um, you've never picked up anything heavy and just said, yeah, I'm picking this up, whatever it is, not even a weight, but a mental thing, a challenge. Yeah. You're going to be in the basement. And one of the things I always loved about you is you made me uncomfortable from the moment I looked at you. <laughs> and that discomfort was very like, oh, man, this guy. And then I realized that it was you you were challenging not only yourself, but everybody in your environment to be either truthful or to work harder. And you wondered why people could be so stagnant. There was something mm. inside you, something in your past, something in the genome that always wanted to improve. You never and it isn't like you just didn't feel good enough. I'm sure in your in your youth, you can talk about how that what maybe was the case. But now it's like you just want to keep going to that other level. And that's a that is an exhausting thing for some people because they don't have the ability to look at you and go, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to match that. I'm going to match that energy. I'm going to climb up. Let's go. I've always felt that around you. But I, some people in, in the environment will feel like, oh, my God, at least especially years ago when you didn't have this focus. Now you have such a great way of, I think, reading people and going, OK, this person's only going to be able to go one step and I'm going to yeah. take a breath because we're going one step. Yeah. You want to go 10 steps with everybody. And you're saying yeah. today we're doing one step because this man's energy is so low. This man barely got out of bed today. I can't get into 10. So we're going to go from, from zero to one today. And that person's going to feel that and it's going to be amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to have some, I like being around people that are pushing and doing the next thing and going for, uh, for true health. And like I said earlier, being uncomfortable is, is a guaranteed way to improve your health. You know, why do people jump in cold water? You know, uh, why, why do we do the things we're doing? you got to get out of that stagnant state, right? That I'm seeking comfort. I don't, and then the excuses all start. You know, I, I, I have this reason for doing it. I have this reason for doing it. And when someone has a stroke and they have a horrible health event, they get hit by a bus, whatever, and they're rehabbing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that could sit there and say, you know, hey, he's in pain. He really can't do it today. He really can't do it. And some of that I'm sure is true, but you got to be careful, right? That person might be enjoying the nurturing they're getting and not the butt kicking that they need, right? And especially when there's been, when there's been significant emotional or physical trauma. You know, if you get someone in your office and you're pushing them and they start crying, is that bad? Maybe that they needed to cry today. Mm -hmm. and, and you were the person that pushed them to that point. Think of how it happens in a, in a psychologist's office. There's a whole box of tissues there for everybody that comes in, starts talking about the horrible things that went on in their life. And, and in, in our settings, those things obviously come up. Uh, that isn't really our primary task to get into all the, the Freudian psychology on patients, but to touch on it and be able to uh, command a little bit of stimulus and get that person awake and get them a goal, set them in a direction. One of the things I was listening to recently was a Joe Rogan, his sort of his three ways of improving your life. One was be the hero in the movie they're making about you. Be the superhero in that movie. Don't be the guy on the couch. Be the guy who gets up and says, okay, I'm saving the babies. I'm, I'm saving the village. Save your, your village in your own psyche. Get rid of that stuff and get up and do something about it. Inform yourself, write down goals. I mean, I can't even imagine the goal setting workshops that you've put together in your life. You probably have, you probably have to just take shovel the paper of goals and, and just, just burn them once in a while because they're all over the house. Right. I remember last time we spoke, I asked what your, some of your goals were in the next five years. Right. And, yeah. but that's, that's what I try to do with my patients, you know, especially to calm the fear of this virus has been an 
it, at times an overwhelming experience. Because mm-hmm. when you start talking about this virus as if it's a coronavirus and that we have some ideas of these things from the past, a lot of people don't want to hear it. They want this thing to be the super bug of the century and it's the end of the world. Well, I, my heart goes out to anybody who lost somebody in this pandemic. You know, these are loveless grandmothers and sick people, mm-hmm. but don't tell me they were super healthy. Nope. Because you haven't investigated. When a 45 year old vegetarian jogger dies of cancer, yep. you could say, well, that was a healthy person that died of cancer. Okay, by some definition, that man appeared to be healthy. You don't know if he had blood clotting disorder. You have no idea what's in that genome. You have no idea what his past was before he became a vegetarian jogger. Was he smoking crack? I, I don't know. I mean, how many head injuries did he have? There's so many things that we don't know in the genome or in the behavior to beat the genome up, right? Because you and I don't believe that the genome is the end, the end all and be all. We know about neuroplasticity and the ability of the genes to express themselves. So I, I think when, when I'm looking at these kind of problems that we're having today, the virus, the pandemic, uh, I don't want to downplay it, but at the same time, I want to understand it. I want people to act intelligently. It is time to get healthy. It was time to get healthy. When was it time to get healthy? At 400 pounds? Uh, when you passed out from blood sugar? Mm-hmm. When you slipped into a coma because you did this and that? When was it when, you, when, you, when you're drinking all the time and that's your answer? Is it you know, poisoning your body slowly every day with alcohol? When was that supposed to end? You know. So wake-up calls are beautiful things. And... We have to proceed and, 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 and get up, get up and change your life. It, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do, but boy, the rewards are incredible, right? Come mm-hmm. out of your shell. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, no, I, I, I totally to agree. And, and this virus, it, I don't understand why the public wants to make it this super thing. They want to lay down. It's almost like a, a culture of laying down. Last night, we went to a movie because movies are open at like 25%. We had the entire movie theater to ourselves. You have to mask and all that. Well, no one can see what you're doing if you're, you know, you're the only one there. But I, we had two kids and a boyfriend and we went out and ate and we had popcorn and we just, you know, lived like a normal family. And it, it, the amazing thing is, is we've been doing that the entire time. And people were in shock because like, oh, aren't you staying home? No, just like you, it was an emergency. We, we were considered frontline people, thank God, and we could go in. I haven't slowed down. The only thing I've slowed down is, you know, grocery stores. You know, I, we, eat out, we eat out a little more. We have it delivered. When people ask about that, I'm like, well, I'm just trying to keep these little local restaurants because they're going under left and right around us because of the because of the yeah. regulations. And when people ask about coronavirus, aren't you scared? I go, no, no, I'm, I'm a scientist. Here's some textbooks. I actually have them in my office, Doc. I actually have these textbooks. I said, have you read these textbooks? No. Um, I guarantee you the people giving you advice about it haven't read them either. They know nothing about a coronavirus. They know nothing about OC43, NL63, 229E, HKU1. They know nothing about the four coronaviruses that cause 30% of all upper respiratory infections in the world every day. They, 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 when you go to your doctor and they do all this workup and they check you for strep 
and they check you for influenza and say, oh, you don't have that. It's just some virus. No, you had a coronavirus and or RSVB. You know, you had you had, you know, those one of those five viruses. Now, either they don't spend the money or they're too dumb to do the research to find out this is what you have. So they're throwing all this information at people. Oh, this could kill you and all this. It's a coronavirus. This is what it looks like. You've always had coronaviruses every day. They're in your house. Um, in, in like New York, that area, it's more OC43. Um, you go down south, it's more 229E. But th those are circulating everywhere. They give you that dry, hacky cough that's hard to get rid of for two, three weeks. And guess what? OC43 and 229E kill. They kill those with poor immune systems, you know, the 80, 90s. It's horrible, 80, 90-year-olds. But that's what they die of. No one, no one gets under a heavy powerlifting bar at age, at age 85 and says, this is it. It's my last workout. I'm just going to die. You die of something, usually an upper respiratory infection. Well, mm -hmm. no one goes and climbs a mountain at age 90, you know, sick and on five medications. Says, you know what? This is my last climb. I'm going to go up this mountain and just fade away, you know, like Luke Skywalker. No, it doesn't work like that. You die of something. And the, the big thing is, is people are shocked. It's killing so many people. Well, if you look at the numbers, eh, the needle really hasn't moved for statistics for deaths. That's the thing that gets me. A pandemic, there should be bodies in the street. Sorry, I don't see them here in Minneapolis. I haven't seen them in Florida. I haven't seen them in South Dakota. When we went to South Dakota in August to do that lifting meet, you know, they don't have mass mandate. They don't have any of that. Everyone is fine. And their numbers, honestly, are less than other states. Your state and my state, they're doing much better. Have old people died? Yes, it's horrible. You know, losing your grandmother, losing a loved one to this. But what were you going to lose them to anyway? Well, if it wasn't coronavirus, they wouldn't have died. Not true. They're 87. They're in a nursing home. No one goes to a nursing home to expand their life and get stronger, right? No one goes to a nursing home. What do you go to a nursing home to do? Die, right? There is yeah. no one who goes into a nursing home, right? They walks into those long-term care centers, long-term care centers that is so healthy, they're ready to take on the world. They're going to give all their knowledge to their grandkids and great-grandkids. They're going after that, that chin-up record for age 85. I'm learning that language. I always wanted to, and my fifth wife wouldn't let me do it. So I'm going to go do it, you know? No one's excited about life in a nursing home. Doc, have you ever been in one of those? I, I have. I used, to, I used to go in and adjust people in nursing homes when you could get away with it. Um, I used to go in and just really help out. And, you know, I've had uh, family members in there. They, they smell like urine. They're horrible. They smell like death. The, you can feel it. it. It's like on you. It's on you when you go in. Yeah. Like when I get out, I want to take a shower and go to the gym. You know, it's I, just. Ugh. My grandmother was in for a short time. My grandmother's in for a short time. And at first I was there day after day to see how she's doing. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I, I had no idea how depressing that environment actually was. And I remember thinking there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And I called a friend of mine after that. And I said, you know, uh, you know, Bill Mettler. Yeah. Uh, and I said, do not let me, do not let me 
end up in a nursing home. I want to go like the Eskimos. I believe they just pushed you out on an ice brick, you know, a big ice, you know, like a little miniature iceberg out into and said, you know, he was great. He's not great anymore. He doesn't want this any more than we want it. Let's go see what the penguins have to say. And then they like push him out into the ocean and you, you sit there and you freeze to death. I mean, honestly, I mean, I would rather, there's so many other ways to go, but obviously when you're teeter tottering, there's that, there's that zone. But I think if I can, you know, reinvent something, it would be that environment. I, I'm not sure what I would do, but I get together with people with massive experience on aging gerontologists and say, okay, uh, you know, I know this is all about, some of this has to do with finances and money and our healthcare nightmare system that we have, but, uh, God, if there's something we can do for people, we got to make a better living environment. You know, there, I think there needs to be like any kind of community. Where's the children they get to look at? And you want to yes. bring an old person back to life, br put a little baby in front of them. My grand, my, my middle daughter has the most beautiful, big blue eyes. And, and, and at the time, curly blonde hair. My grandmother had a series of strokes. She's in her late 80s. And she would respond to me very nice because we had a great relationship. And uh, I brought my daughter in and I picked her up because, you know, everybody that looked at my daughter at that age was like, oh, my God. And I just put her like this in front of my grandmother. And my grandmother literally came back to life for about five minutes. And she went, oh, that was one of her phrases. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the most therapeutic thing I've ever seen in my life. And why not? What's more beautiful than, than, than this kind of like little baby at that age? And I thought, this is a therapy right here. This yeah. is what, if you lived with your parents in generations, like they do in Italy, mm -hmm. where the grandmother and the great grandmother is hanging around that kind of environment, they get to have that stimulus. But what do they have in a nursing home? You know, a television with Jack Sajak or whatever his name on there, pushing numbers or those crazy game shows that I can't handle. Um, you know, that's what they're doing. And then a nurse who's trying to earn a living, a nurse's aid, and, and like you say, the smell in there alone could, mm -hmm. could take your, uh, decrease your life, yeah. right? Air the place out. You wonder why viruses are happy there? Because that doesn't move. Get a yeah. heat exchanger, for God's sakes. Get some fresh air in there. Get some sunshine. I have, I have a patient that's a pharmacist and, and runs a lot of the nursing homes, and I asked her, She's involved with a lot of nursing homes. I said, you know, how many people have passed? And the numbers are higher than usual in the people that have passed because the, you know, the, the contagion and uh, the, the level of the R naught number on this. And I said, well, how many people are getting vitamin D? And I, she goes, uh, no one. I said, you would know, right? I mean, that would be by a prescription in a sense in a nursing home setting. It's not someone that, that they just take it out of their pocket or someone brings it into them. That's going to be part of their routine. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I would know. I know everything that goes in, in these, uh, these people's mouths. I said, okay, uh, so they have no vitamin. Is there vitamin D ever tested on blood work? And she wasn't sure. Okay, I understand that. She's not the primary physician. How often are they in the sun? And she has laughed. She never I'm okay, so they're not getting wheeled out in the sun. They're not being supplemented with vitamin D. There's 30 years of research proving that vitamin D does amazing things in the severity of these kind of conditions. But what are we doing with them? We're ignoring this fact. We're ignoring the science. Like you said, all math and science died in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. So it, it, and you wonder why the conspiracy theorists are alive right now and doing well, mm -hmm. right? Why do we have conspiracy theories on this? Because things don't make sense. So you, it's the human mind, a bright human mind looks to make sense out of things. You don't just lay down and turn on Netflix and eat a Twinkie. What do you do? You search for, for you know, 
So I've never been more entertained and given more credence to conspiracy theories in my life <laughs> than I have with this one. I don't know where to end. I don't know where to start. I don't know if I should uh, put a, 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 you know, some kind of a pyramid on my head and go look for aliens. You know, I mean, it's just like, what is going on? Something doesn't make sense. And is it simply, you know, we're overseeing the political correctness? Are we, what are we doing that we can't talk intelligently about this virus? Is it all, is it a money shift? Is it a wealth shift? I always, my father taught me, follow the money. You want to see people's behavior. Where, where's the money going? Mm-hmm. Where's the money going right now? I think everybody should look at, I don't want to answer that question for you at where the money's going right now. Who's losing it and who's gaining it? And would that, would they be using this virus as an opportunity to do something like that? I don't know. Go figure the, that the out. Political, no, Doc, the political ramifications of this blow my mind because I've tried not to, I, and it's taken me a while to lean over that way. So, so I, I predicted this in 2013 and the spring convention of the Nebraska Chiropractic Physicians Society in front of 300 docs, it was recorded, where I talked about C viruses and, and popping off the spikes and, you know, what's going to happen <laughs> is we're going to get a new bug and it's going to go rampant, similar to SARS, and they're going to overreact to it. Everyone thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, now I have yet to see one apology come through Facebook and you know who you are. You know, I have all these uh, doctors and lawyers telling me you don't know what you're doing. You're just a chiropractor. And I just laugh because, you know, we're learning through this. All these MDs were wrong and PhDs were wrong. It's not your terminal degree that tells you what your knowledge is because biology continues to progress. Your terminal degree allows you to open the door to the library and to the internet and to PubMed and to the National Library of Science and allows you that our boards and our certification systems allows us to work with humans safely so we can learn how this body works. Your terminal degree does not give you your knowledge set or whether you have common sense or you know how to use the scientific method. And that blows my mind when people say, well, you're just this. And I go, then why have I been right every time on this virus and everyone that you espouse to is wrong? I don't know. Last time I looked at Tom Brady, he's a winner and people can't stand it. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. I don't know, I've been to Super Bowl one every time on this virus, you keep losing, but why does everyone like you? You know, why does everyone hate Tom Brady? Well, I don't know. Why is our culture like losers? Oh, he's so weak, oh, he was so bad. I understand the empathy part, but instead of studying those that are dying from this disease, Why don't we study, you know, people like everyone hates the orange man. Okay. He got coronavirus. He's overweight, eats terrible, high stress lifestyle. He was the president. He got coronavirus. And in three days later, he's in front of 20,000 people screaming and yelling and doing his thing. I guess it didn't take him out. It wasn't the deathly plague. People even forget that narrative. Oh, that doesn't fit. Take the power. No, find out what he did. Okay, did he take these vitamins? They sent him in the hospital, gave him antibodies and vitamins. He was fine. They gave him a big mega dose of D, IV. You know, wow. But it's mm-hmm. not good enough for your grandma. Yeah. Vitamin D is not good enough for your grandma. 
so it makes no sense to me. Um, I've had patients who come in and, you know, they, oh, my grandma's got vitamin D. She's it, you know, or, or has coronavirus. And I go, get them on vitamin D. Your grandma has coronavirus, get them on vitamin D. Well, they're in the nursing home and we can't visit. Mail it to them. I, I seriously, I have had five patients mail vitamin D in a nice little care package to, because they, they, because of course, coronavirus doesn't get on the U.S. mail. So <laughs> they mail it because they're not allowed to visit, but they can get mail. So they send them a care package and, you know, the nurse comes in, do you want me to open the box? Tell them now, just have them open. And they're sending them little bottles of vitamin D. Take three a day, <laughs> you know, and you, you have grandma sneaking That's her awesome. vitamin D in the corner so she can live in the long-term care. I'm dying. I got a phone call from this uh, beautiful little lady. I never met her, but um, I have a nurse and I treat her entire family. And I told her to do this because they like, I can't get vitamin D to her. Yeah, you can. You mail them a care package. You send them some cookies. And in the middle of the cookies, you put vitamin D. It's like sneaking in morphine or drugs, right? And grandma started taking three a day. She had the C virus. She was going down. Guess what? She's fine now. The grandma gave me a call and thanked me last week. That's I was awesome. like, I was almost That's in awesome. tears. And I'm like, who is this? so-and-so's mother oh yeah how are you i heard you know you got the coronavirus and she started laughing loudly and i'm like oh your lungs are working she goes my 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 honey sneaked sneaked in some vitamin d she listens to you <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny when you when you're around patients for a while and they develop a respect for you beyond the title chiropractor mm. and i said you know i don't think every chiropractor deserves all this praise some of us read three books a week and some of us you know uh eat twinkies and turn on netflix yeah you know so you know i mean there's a big difference and every practitioner is like that to some degree but my my job isn't to just you know do the cranking on sprains and strains my job is to get people in front of the best information about how to truly healthy and live a happy life so that means adjusting their back for sure. It also means giving them some words of encouragement, pointing them in the right direction and pointing out their garbage. A lot of people believe bizarre things. I, you know, I, I, I think a person recently told me, well, I said, take 10,000, you know, international units of vitamin D. You know, I really would like your blood work done because I want to know, you know, what you circulate. Uh, but start there. And she goes, well, that sounds like a lot. You know, and I said, it sounds like a lot because it's you understand international units, micrograms, or you're always thinking milligrams. Oh, but 10,000 is a big number. I'm like, I can think of a bigger number. How about a million? What does that do? You know, I mean, I don't want to be insulting, but I'm like, just listen, just listen. I know what I'm talking about, you know, and it's just funny because, you know, and I, and I feel a little sorry for people yeah. that, are, you know, have those fears. 10,000 is a big number. I'm like, understand this thing. It's an insult to call vitamin D a vitamin. So I can yeah. insult. Think how, think how impressive vitamin D is. It, you know, it's a hormone. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're taking something. And I always, what, what gets me is like the universal source of all energy to this planet is the sun, right? I don't know what grade we learned that in. Maybe third grade. I'm not sure. Yeah. And to think that you got to hide from the sun because we're going to get skin cancer. I mean... It, that's amazing to me. And you realize where your skin came from. 
you know, I mean, do a little gene genealogy there. I mean, if you were born on the equator and you have a 30 SPF worth of melanin, so you have dark skin, you're going to need a little more sun to make vitamin D than someone in the, you know, that, that was born in the Nordic areas and they have, you know, light blue eyes, white skin and blonde hair, you know, and you can tell by the evidence of how easily people burn when they're of that lack of melanin. So you're going to make vitamin D easier with that skin. You don't need as much sun and you shouldn't, if you're at the equator, you probably should hide from the sun a lot. But if you're African-American and you live in Buffalo, New York, where it's cloudy most of the winter and the summers are kind of short, like it is up, up where you are, uh, you're going to have to work to get your vitamin D through that skin. And you're going to have to take it as a supplement as well. And vitamin D is found in fish in the Arctic. So I've had people say, well, how'd the Eskimos get their vitamin D? It's dark there for half. Well, it's in the fish that they eat. And that's all there is to eat if you live the, if you look at the natural environment, right? You're, you're yeah. fishing. You're not growing uh, cucumbers in Alaska, you know, most of the year. I mean, I'm not sure if they could, I'm sure maybe, can they grow? I don't even know if cucumbers I don't know if they can grow Maybe they can. Sorry. I don't know what they grow. It'd be an interesting little topic for later. But, you know, there's a lot of fish. And, you know, man has eaten fish for <laughs> forever, right? So I think it's important that people do their do the research, do some reading, you know, get up and, and get it going. Because if you don't, this is a test. I remember acting Dr. Joseph Sweary one of the greats yeah. of all time. I, I used to formulate great questions. I'd see him in the hall or I'd get him before class. And one of the questions I asked him is, how often does a healthy person get sick? And it never, a lot of people say, never, I'm never sick. I'm healthy as a horse. Um, you're still making antibodies. You're still being challenged, right? Um, but he said three times a year for three days or less. In other words, you're not laying out for two weeks, half dead but you're challenged by the new viruses that are out there and you may be challenged to the point of symptomatology. So you might get the fever and the cough and this thing, but get it done in three days. Maybe you got a lingering symptom here and there, but he meant visually and knowingly sick times for three days. And that's a healthy person. That's an immune system that's not overrunning our own and, and walks. What do you think of that number? Does that make sense to you? That does make sense to me. And I, I wanted to really dive into this toward the, the end here is uh, symptoms. You know, so I didn't have any symptoms. I was healthy. And I think what Dr. Swear was saying, no, health is, health is a process. Strength is a process. Oh, he's strong. Really? Is he strong today? I am nowhere as physically strong as I was, you know, when I lived in Maryland. Um, I am nowhere physically strong in the 90s. I was very strong in the early 90s after uh, chiropractic school. I started training heavy again. But I am nowhere near that strength. Now, am I stronger than the average human on the street? Well, yeah, but I'm not strong compared. I mean, compared to what? And that's the, the big thing to me when people say I'm healthy. I always ask them compared to what? I never get sick. And I said, is that what health is? I thought health was, you know, seeing a bug, taking a picture, maybe getting a couple symptoms for a day or two or three, as Dr. Swery said, and then moving on. And that bug never gets you sick again. You mount a defense when it comes back into your environment and you take care of it. And you and guess what? You do something that no one's talking about. If say you get coronavirus OC43. 
or RSVB, you get one of these upper respiratory viruses, you know, where the doctor said, oh, it's just a virus. We didn't have to worry about it before. You know, when it goes into your system and you beat it up, maybe you have symptoms for a day or two, that real quick 24 or 48 hour cold, you go around in your environment and the virus you slough off has got its butt kicked. It's beat up. The bully has been beat up. And if you don't beat up the bully on the corner, if you don't at least challenge the bully, what happens? He gets stronger, not weaker. So what we, what we have to realize is viruses always mutate. Well, what are we doing now? The, the virus is mutating. It's stronger. It's more contagious. Well, yeah, because we're not out there beating it up. We're not sending our kids who have thymus glands out there to kick its butt to downregulate its strength to make it less efficient because the viruses, when they get sick, they slough off. They hardly have any symptoms. They're not going to die. They're not even going to get sick. They're not going to get hospitalized. Hell, they're, they're, they're burp and fart and it's over. Well, guess what? That virus they slough off has been beat up. Then the virus learns through natural selection that if I want to survive, I have to do what? Be weaker, right? You Like Ebola, mm-hmm. everyone's worried about Ebola. I wouldn't even worry about Ebola if it broke out in St. Paul because it kills its host so fast that it's not that mm-hmm. contagious, right? It's deadly, but not contagious, Everyone's so afraid of contagions. And I'm like, no, we want to be exposed to all the bugs that aren't deadly. Because when one that looks like it is more deadly gets near you, you're able to mount a defense and slow it down and try to beat it up. That's how our immune systems always worked. You know, when they when they were trying, when uh, was it Jenner was trying to inoculate, here's your vaccine talk was trying to inoculate for smallpox. He didn't use smallpox. He used cowpox, right? Because it was a more mild infection. He would take pus from cowpox and, and actually smallpox people and, and stick it, jab it into someone. I mean, talk about, we haven't cleaned it up since then. We're still injecting pus. We just throw a little mercury or something in it to slow it down. We're not, we're not changed much. So, so quite honestly... <laughs> Our bodies have to have these symptoms. Symptoms are feedback. Feedback. Our system needs constant feedback. I'm amazed that people don't go into their car, drive down the highway in Buffalo, and put black duct tape over their entire panel. Because you really don't need to see your speed or how much gas you have or if you need oil, right? You don't need any of that. Mm -hmm. Well, of course Mm -hmm. you do. You need feedback. Why? So you can drive the car properly. You don't think your body needs feedback? Are you kidding me? Every one of our systems is based on feedback. I eat eat a banana. My blood sugar spikes. My body reads that blood sugar, talks to the pancreas. Pancreas release insulin. Sugar comes back to normal. That has to do with every symptom uh, system, system of our human body. That is health. It is doing its job, that reading of feedback. We call it homeostasis. That's a big $10 word for balance. And are we always balanced? No, we're, we're teeter-tottering all the time. And there may be that one moment where you're level in between. But if you remember mm-hmm. the teeter-totter, you don't even have those mm-hmm. on the playgrounds anymore because I guess kids got hurt. 
you know, it goes back and forth and back and forth. It's like the scales of justice or the, the scales for me measuring trade on the Silk Road 2,000 years ago. It's back and forth. And when it gets totally level, that's just a moment in time. That's just a moment in time. It's never supposed to be that way. Our bodies are completely dynamic and flexible. You know, like this morning when I got up, I'm like, oh, this is like three hours before I usually get up or two hours before I usually get up. I'm not worried about it at all because I'm like, I'm excited. I want to do this podcast and get, and I'm going to have a little coffee and I'll, you know, I'll get some time to myself. I'm actually more excited, you know, being up and talking to an old friend than I would be sitting down. Okay. I got to wake up at Sunday morning. What, what things do we have to do today? You know, so, yeah. so your body is always going back and forth and back and forth and it will pull the reserves you need. But most people don't have those reserves. And, you know, they think just sitting down watching Netflix is the is the be all and end all. I have no symptoms. I don't hurt. And if something does hurt, let's cover up that symptom, that that uncomfortability. Let's cover it up with a drug so you don't feel it. Are you kidding me? It's like that that feedback well, yeah. is what you need. You think about it in our office, you know, we, we learned that symptoms are, are much later in the game, mm -hmm. that diseases are well, well getting their foothold on you before the symptoms come up. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with back pain, obviously, right? People have you know, all kinds of dysfunction mechanically, they don't feel anything, and then they sneeze or they turn, turn in the shower to the side and they drop to their knees and they're mystified. And I use that opportunity to tell people that a massive percentage and numbers are very of your uh, disease has been inside you, ripping you to shreds, and you just don't know it yet. The body doesn't tell you everything, especially if you're distracting it with refined white sugar and, and all the garbage, and you, you got your body so confused, it can't tell you what's going on. And I'll, you know, as they get better, you know, we still have this distortion. We still have restriction in your spine. I still want to work on you. And a lot of times you get, they give you that look like you're maybe just uh, treat, over treating them because they feel good. Right. And, or they, you know, years now people trust me more, but as a new practitioner, you are trying to build a practice. So they look at you like, all right, do you really need to see me again? You know, I'm like, well, your leg is a half inch short. You, you got a hump on your back and your head's coming out of your sternum. Yes. I know you feel better and you think I'm great for helping you, but I'm really not done helping you. And how much help do you want to get? And we get in all that talk, but it's been great otherwise to use other themes and get people to understand how sick they actually are without symptoms and blood work. That's one of the reasons we have blood work. I remind people, why do we have x-ray? Why do we, why do I check your reflexes? These are all things that say you are out of harmony. You're out of balance. And I try to get people to get comfortable with scientific terms. When you say negative feedback loop, a lot of people just start to have like a mild seizure. Like, oh, I can't understand. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know, and I'm like, relax, relax. Negative feedback loop. Your furnace, your furnace is a negative feedback loop. They're like, why, why? I'm, I'm like, cold turns on heat. Okay. So blood sugar, what does it do? Goes up too high. There's a negative feedback loop. Your body produces some insulin in the cells and we start to get all, all better again. Those, those negative feedback loops are something that runs the whole body. You talk about equilibrium, they're trying to bring you back to equilibrium. Equilibrium in my house is whatever I set my thermostat at and then the outside is stressing it and the inside heats up to get it back and, it, and the game keeps going and going and going. And as we age and or become sick, 
like really old, um, we lose the, the play in that negative feedback loop. Like my house, it might be two degrees before the furnace goes on. Well, I always tell people when you're young and healthy, that negative feedback loop is, you know, a half a degree, boom, 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 you're going back and forth. And then when you get sick or you start to destroy yourself slowly through all the poison in your mind and body, what happens? We, you got to go 17 degrees before the furnace comes on and then the other way. And then you wonder why, why do I have vertigo? Why am I exhausted? Why does everything burn and sting? I got 17 joints that hurt today in my body. Well, you're inflamed. Where'd the inflammation come from? Well, your body's out of balance. It doesn't know how to deflame you. It doesn't know anymore what's going on because you've confused it with Twinkies. We're really picking on Twinkies today. I know. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. But, um, you know, the processed food out of your diet, you start eating what was meant to be eaten. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I like to tell people that, you know, what is the purpose of milk? What's the biological purpose of milk? Wants to turn a calf into a cow. You want to be a cow? Drink your milk. Right now, when you're growing and you're young, you can see how that can that can work. I still don't promote it, but I can see how it can work. And it's simple and it's available and there's convenience and it tastes good and you can make things out of it. A lot of things like everything. They make everything out of milk. Uh, but, you know, I, I you really have to look at the biological purpose of a food if you want to be healthy. Oh, absolutely. And and it's amazing to me, like when people come in and they uh, they ask me, they say, you know, I ask them, well, how's your general health? Oh, I'm always healthy. I never get sick. And I, I look at them and I say, okay, what's your diet like? What's your sleep like? I start with real basics. And they're like, well, I eat a pretty good diet. Okay. Vegetables, fruit. If you can't get vegetables, fruit, do you take supplements? Um, I know that I am terrible at getting all my vegetables in. Belinda will tell you that all the time. I'm like, okay, I got to get my damn green drink or something like that. I work it in. Now it's an expensive way to do it. I recommend people actually get some whole foods, they, but you know, I'm a busy guy and I'm like, okay, I got to make this, you know, green slug broth because I need all those vitamins and minerals and things that come from those vegetables. And the interesting thing is, is I asked them about their diet and they go, oh, well, you know, I can't eat this. And I, you know, I may go out to eat once in a while. And I said, you know, would, would you put diesel into your car, your gas car? No, that would wreck the engine. Oh, that's pretty smart. Um, so why are you wrecking the engine? Now, I, I guarantee I could put a little additive into your, your gas tank just a little bit at a time that would poison your car, right? We could put a little dust, put a little sand in there. You wouldn't put half a teaspoon of sand in there, would you? No, but you'd probably be able to drive a thousand miles before it blows. Yeah, you would until it got to the bottom of the tank. So, I, so a lot of people don't realize that as soon as they put that bad food in their mouth, or they skip all the sleep they're supposed to go. Like last night, I went to bed early because I know I was going to get up early. Um, they miss that sleep that they they needed, that they're already getting sick. They're already challenging that thermostat. And if your thermostat doesn't have that dynamic ability to bounce back when it gets a half a degree off, kick in quickly and efficiently, then you're you're already stressed. Symptoms are always the last thing. Symptoms, and, and unless it's an acute trauma, you go out in this ice, slip and fall and break something. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm talking chronic health things. I think this pandemic, and you know, you're going to throw rotten eggs at me, has been a wake-up call. It should have been a wake-up call mm -hmm. for our entire yeah. population. Our communities should have said, you know what? 
this virus is going to be here forever, whether we have a vaccine or not. They're now saying the vaccine's not totally effective. You know, this new one's coming out and they're like, oh, it's 66% effective. Okay, what about the other 34%? We're going to let them die? Mm -hmm. Well, why aren't we talking about strengthening ourselves? Because we already know that this virus is survivable. In fact, it's what, 99% survivable. So, except unless you're old, then it's taken out one in 10, one in five. So why aren't we saying, how do we strengthen people, especially the ones at risk? How do you get someone who's frail to be stronger? Now, when I, when I work with stroke victims, I don't put 800 pounds on their back. We just try to like, okay, let's work on posture today. I want you to sit in your wheelchair more straight. Let's get up like this. Let's see what you can do. And that's challenging for them. I mean, you know, how the hell do you think you're going to walk if you can't sit properly? Well, I never thought I was going to walk again. I had a stroke. Oh, my God. Well, you're not even sitting properly. So 10 years from now, your stroke's supposed to be a one-time event. You blew a blood vessel in your brain, and now you're do dealing with the repercussions. How come it's progressing? How come your weakness and sickness is progressing from a one-time event? My God, get moving. You know, you have these people that, you know, they break a leg or they, you know, have a sports injury, tear a ligament. And then they slowly decline. Why are you declining? It was a one-time event. Why aren't you getting stronger? Well, that, that joint will never be the same. You're right. Well, you got to make all the other joints around it stronger than they were before. I mean, we all know you can get stronger. Everybody watches sports. We're going to be watching the Super Bowl, right? Let's watch the Super Bowl. Well, these guys are amazing humans in shape, catching touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, tackling, banging on each other. We cheer. Yay. We get, we get emotionally involved. Our whole family used to before the pandemic comes over to watch the games. We watch the Olympic games. We think, yay, go USA. And so if we know the body can get stronger, have more endurance, we know that the immune system can get stronger because that's why we give vaccines, right? We wouldn't give a vaccine if we thought the system was frail and weak and couldn't take a picture of it, unless we thought it was a magic potion or lotion. Oh, here's some magic. And, you know, Harry Potter put it in you. No, we give the injection to do what? To strengthen and make pictures of it, of whatever they inject you with. Okay, so you're saying that the immune system can't get stronger. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Well, then why give vaccines if you can't? You're actually getting someone sick if you inject them with crap. So you have to avoid everything, hide in the closet. Well, no, if the body, immune system can get stronger, why aren't we doing that every day? Um, little side note, a lot of patients say, Freddie, you're going to get the vaccine. I go, well, it's not really a vaccine. It's an mRNA. It's not a broken up piece of the virus where my T cells can take a picture of it and I tell my B cells to produce antibodies. That's not what it is. It's, uh, it's genetic material that's going to change how my ribosomes produce proteins in my cell. And I'm not going to do any genetic experiment on myself. But I guarantee and you say, well, you don't believe in vaccines anyway. Well, there's nothing to believe in. It's not a religion. But I tell you, uh, you know, there was a time in my 80s and 90s that I would have drank, you know, whale piss if it made me stronger and could make me squat more. I took so many potions and lotions and different vitamins and creatine and branched chain amino acids trying to get stronger. And if vaccines, which are free in Minnesota, if vaccines like for the flu shot 
would make me stronger and make my immune system stronger. I'm a smart guy. I study strength, physical strength, biological strength every day. If it would make me biologically stronger, I'd get one every day. Hey, I'm in line again. I'd be hiding. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't had this shot yet. No, I come in with a mask on. I'd, come, I'd get a shot every day. So we know that they don't strengthen you the way they're supposed to. That's one thing I want to understand. Why aren't we teaching people that you need symptoms to get healthy? You need to expose yourself to environment. You need to eat foods from your local environment so you can get the pollen, right? From your local environment. The basics of how biology works have been thrown out. And here's the thing. If you speak out with just, ah, I'm talking about biology now, where this is how your body works, all of a sudden you're a heretic or you're just a chiropractor or you're just this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I work with some of the fastest, strongest human beings in the world. A friend of mine recently had a widow maker heart attack, clogged up artery to your heart. They call it a widow maker because it usually kills the guy. And so I was a little worried. I'm like, I wonder how my heart's doing. You know, I'm overweight. I uh, pushed myself to be overweight so I could set some records a couple of years ago. Now I got to bring it down because I'm not going after those records. I actually forced myself to get fat um, so I could handle those weights. Well, guess what? I went in and I got a uh, calcium score. I, I recommend everyone do it. It was 100 bucks. They take a CT, a CAT scan of your heart and while your heart's beating, and they look for any calcium, any plaque buildup in your heart's. You know, a good score is like 20 to 40, then 40 to 60 to 200 is moderate. And then, the, you know, people over that, they're putting a stint in that day. My calcium score is zero, zero. I showed it to my internist, my endocrinologist. They're like, I can't believe it. You're overweight. You, eat, you don't eat as well as you should, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, slow down. I've been taking vitamin E since I was 13. Vitamin E is good for heart health and keeps your cholesterol down and actually makes your arteries wide open. You know, I've had, my dad had three heart attacks. I did not want that as a teenager. I did not want that. So I started taking vitamin E. That's all we knew back then. And there's other stuff I take now, but my calcium score is zero. I'm not going to be like Jim Fix. I'm not going to be like Bob Harper, you know, these people that are supposed to be in shape, but inside they were inflamed. I take anti-inflammatories every day. I try, to, I try to avoid inflammatory foods. I really miss McDonald's french fries. I do. They were, they were a thing for me. Um, but that's a, those trans fatty acids are inflammatory. Why? So that is your definition of health. You have to do the tests. You have to do the blood work. You have to take the x-rays, the, the heart, heart scans. When's the last time anyone had an EKG? Go get an EKG. It's 100 bucks. Go get it done. Get your stuff checked to find out if you really are healthy. Just because, just because someone has no symptoms does not mean they're healthy on the inside. Like you said, you, we've all seen relationships blown up, marriages blown up, but on the outside, they look good. Hey, Johnny left Susie. Why? I thought they were doing great. Were they really not? So, we, you know, we were talking about strengthening your immune system. And... Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't people want to learn about getting yourself healthy unless they've been hoodwinked to think that that's not a possibility or that, that they've been hoodwinked 
that they've been bamboozled that they don't understand the definition of true health and what's possible for them. What's possible? I tell people. I, I really think people, I think people have fallen into this belief that historically man is wiped out no matter what he or she does by pandemics and viruses and there's no defense and there's nothing you can do. You have to get a vaccine and you have to, uh, or just be the few chosen ones. You know, this, this sort of magical thing that, you know, it really doesn't have, there's nothing you can do. It's, it's, uh, it's as solid as the genome, you know, and you're just going to get stung. Um, when, you know, when you really look at it, you know, the, the people are born with certain weaknesses and they have to overcome those. They should know what they are. They should identify them and take action towards them. If you have a, a, a genome where there's a lot of diabetes, um, you don't have to let that gene express itself. You have some control. Now, how much control you have, I think that varies, but you have some control. Uh, Dr. Mercola, one of my favorites, you know, one of his catchphrases is, you know, you can control your health. Wow. And I think that's, that's something that people, I think, have given up on. They think, okay, I am what I am. I do what I do. My habits are this. I don't want to change. Uh, I'm going to depend on Western medicine to keep me alive. Uh, that is not my premise whatsoever. You know, I feel like it, my premise is the opposite. Western medicine is there in times when all else fails. Other than that, I am going to consistently do the things I know are healthy. I'm motivated to do it because when you see disease and when you're around enough sick people, you feel the pity that for them. And it's a tough thing to watch the empathy you get the sympathy you have sometimes, and you, you don't want to be there personally. I, I can't help anybody from a hospital bed. I like helping people. I can't do it from a hospital bed. I got to do it by example. So I walk in the office. I had someone the other day who I haven't seen in 20 years, a patient of mine from the past, and she gave me a massive compliment. She goes, you've aged very well. I'm like, okay, uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. I, deep inside, I wished I could say the same for her. You know, and I, I struggled with what to say because she was falling apart at the seams. I didn't recognize her. I saw the name. I remembered a face. I walked in. I'm thinking, wait a minute, is the file messed up? And then I'm like, no, that's her. I can sort of see it in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously her health is falling apart. She she didn't really uh, engage in my uh, in my practice very often. You know, she did it 20 years ago and now she's back. And, you know, I gave her the talk and uh, she sounds excited and I hope we can help her and get her you know back put together. But when people say that to me, it's like, I don't, I don't, it isn't my ego gets pumped up. It's like, okay, good. I'm doing my job. You know, I should be doing things to uh, be healthy and look youthful because youth and health have a relationship, right? There isn't, uh, you know, you think of where your hormones are at really dictates uh, to some degree what you look like. And where do your hormones go? Well, they go in the toilet when you fill yourself with phytoestrogens from plastics and, and uh, soy products and all the cheap, horrible things that are in processed foods, they slowly, slowly start to take over the command system, throw you out of equilibrium, like we said earlier. And then you wonder why you don't have the energy and, and that there's no mystery, but you got to take the steps. And I think that's what you and I are here for is to be good examples of people that have taken steps in different arenas to get people to the next level. It, it's not that difficult. And uh, I know you like the idea of massive change. I do too. It's exciting to take someone and say, here's the 10 things we're doing. And the adrenal rush of that for some people works really good. Other people I find, you know, they want to hear that they're going to take one small step today, another small step tomorrow. And that's fine too. What do you, how is your nervous system? What are you used to? Not people aren't, a lot of people aren't used to the massive change idea. Some people are like, okay, 
I'm going to start today by having one green food. And tomorrow I'm going to have a yellow food. And then the next day I'll have a yellow and a green food. And that makes them feel great. It's like I'm slowly stepping. I don't want to get crazy. I don't want to get crazy. Right. right. I just, you know, and, and hey, either way, either approach works. Either yeah. approach works. You can burn yourself out by doing too much and then give up. You know, you don't want that to happen. Um, but, you know, it, it's a matter of having a, having a system that, that matches that person's sort of preset nervous system, right? How is that nervous system wired? We're all wired differently. And uh, I, like, I like to try to figure that when I meet somebody. Some people want a barrage. Other people want a, a baby step. You know, I, I like a barrage personally. And absolutely, you are the definition of barrage, right? I mean, you just come at things like, bam, here we're doing it, right? And that's, uh, that's, that's it's energizing for people, you know? It, it can be. Um, I, we had a, a, a young man, or I say he's young, he's probably 30, in our powerlifting uh, team. And he's, you know, wavering. He's a great help and all that. Well, we're trying to get him to qualify for nationals because he's done some local competitions. And I'm like, that's great. You know, who wants to go to Burnsville? Who wants to go to St. Paul or Minneapolis? You know, let's go to Florida. Let's go to Chicago. Let's go to the nationals. And uh, so – you know, he's never squatted 600 pounds. He's about 200 pounds, 198 pounds. And we finally got 605 on there and he smoked it once he believed that he could not do it, you know. And uh, so it, it was really a thing. It's like, you know, why do you believe you cannot do this? Why? I can't do 600. Okay, then I'll put 605 on. And he's like, what? And I said, you, you're right. I totally believe you. You can't do 600. We're doing 605. And he smoked it. And he goes, I, I don't know what just happened. You just learned a good lesson about how powerful your mind health is. If you're, you're, and it's not mind over matter. And it's not Tony Robbins. And that's all good stuff. But you have to understand the direction that your body will take according to what you believe. And what you're thinking, your thoughts are. If you believe this virus is the most deadliest thing there is, that raises cortisol, that raises our stress hormones, and it weakens your immune system, so your brain will be right. Your, your right. mind has to be consistent. If you think your spouse is a horrible human being, you're going to filter out the 99% things she does well and only focus on the 1%. And soon that 1% becomes 10, becomes 20, becomes 50. And then uh, you're blowing up the relationship. It goes like that with everything in life. We already know this. And I'm amazed at how everyone didn't take this opportunity of this pandemic to do something different. People are like, Fred, what did you do during the pandemic? I don't know. Uh, a little over a year, year and a quarter ago, I had shoulder surgery. They put six screws in here and tied it down. And 10 months later, I was benching 500 and I won the world championships for masters. That's what I did. And I set an American record. Um, that's what I decided to do during the pandemic. What did you have to do? I trained in basements. <laughs> We're down in the basement. You're, you're, you're squatting all this heavy weight and a cat's coming around. <laughs> you know, it's someone's house. It's someone's house, you know. Can't tell them, the five cats away. No, you can't tell them that. But it, it's someone's house. It's not the best setting, you know. And uh, it's well, we, that I we, have that I, blessing. But I mean, you do what you have. Well, I said the idea of closing gyms during pandemics. Oh. You think about 
it, it's so hideous it's beyond belief and then people talking about the weight they gained during the pandemic yeah as if you know like it's a badge of courage or boy i suffered i gained 15 pounds during the pandemic i have people coming in popping out of their jeans and i'm like wow you know what I, I don't know what to say and and i said you know i lost eight pounds during the pandemic and why did i didn't even do it on purpose i just said you know what if I get this thing, I want my lung to be optimal. I don't want to have to miss work. I don't, and I don't want to get it at all. So what am I going to do? Well, I put an eight pound gel vest on and ran four miles as fast as I could. I did that a whole bunch of times. And before you know it, I just felt superhuman. And I said, you know, I'm going to get rid of every ounce of dairy products because I want my mucus to be very nice and thin. So it does its job. I don't want to get it clogged up in my lungs. Yep. You know, I have a history of uh, asthma, bronchitis, pneumonia as a child. There's a lot of reasons for that but I've overcome that, but it's still, you know, a propensity for my body. If you're going to stress me and do a bunch of stuff and I'm going to do a bunch of stuff wrong, I'm going to end up with a migraine and uh, some kind of cough or something. That's the usual path. Um, and I don't give that much power. I rarely say that, but I, yeah, just to give you a history, but so I'm like, okay, if this thing kind of gets the lung, you know, I don't want to have to deal with it any longer if, if it does come my way. So what am I going to do? I'm going to strengthen my lungs. I'm going to thin my mucus. And I guess it worked, right? You know, so I, I just don't understand how people can't take steps to be even healthier than ever, you know, and, 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 you know, we're dealing with politicians that don't understand viruses and newscasters that are absolutely just told what to say and who runs the mass media. I mean, whoever runs, I, long time ago, so the senior beacon called me up. I was new in practice and said, we, we heard some great things about you as a chiropractor. I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's cool. I, you know, I was pretty naive and I'm like, that's great. We'd like you to write an article for the senior beacon, little newspaper, right? I'm like, oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm so wonderful. They want me to write an article. Boy, my ego's bristling. Boy, I'm going to be good. This is great. And then, so I write the article and they say, all right, we're going to come in and we're going to talk about advertising opportunities. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't really have much of an advertising budget. I really wanted to build my practice through, you know, referrals and reputation. I really don't do advertising, you know, blah, blah. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, then uh, have a nice day. They didn't want to put my article in the senior beacon because I didn't advertise. I started telling that to people and they're like, oh, that's kind of how it works. Don't you realize that advertisers have some say over content in a lot of media, whether it be print or not? Yeah. I said, no, I didn't know that. I just thought they paid for the advertising. I didn't know that you know, it, it went the other way. And then I kind of woke up. I woke up to what the television's been doing to me and what the newspapers have been doing and who owns them and what their agenda is and where, they, where do they invest their money? Now, I don't know what goes on exactly at CNN News, but whatever's going on is chaos and mayhem or planned something or other. I'm, you know, it'd be interesting to really know who owns CNN News really and where their money is invested and what they're selling. Obviously, they're selling fear. Fear always sold on the news. I don't think that's anything new. No, it's not. But are drug company CEOs in charge of the content that little sweet Robin Mead has to say when she does one of her shows and the, the spin and attitude and the downplaying and the poo-pooing of natural healthcare seems that way to me. That's yep. what it looks like. Where's the, where's the free vitamin D that the government should have been handing out in March? Where's the free vitamin D? Get it, get a get a test for COVID-19 and here's your, uh, your little bottle of vitamin D to take home for free by the government. Why not vitamin D instead of hand sanitizer? Which one would you rather have? I know the answer. Yep. You know, we want hand sanitizer, you want vitamin D. Uh, I bet you 99% of the population is gonna go with the hand sanitizer. You're Change right. the external environment. Don't make yourself healthy, sterilize the world and then eat a Twinkie. Or how about let leave the world alone and eat your vegetables and work out and get an attitude and read a book. 
you know, and that, that just, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. You, you had mentioned something doc too about aging and youth. And I kind of want to finish with this up a little bit. Um, this has been great. We have to do this over and over again, but, um, I had a patient come in and a referral from a longtime family of patients, you know, 25 years, whatever. And uh, this woman comes in and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, she got into a little car accident. And I usually don't treat a lot of car accidents. I'm a weird chiropractor, neck and back pain, car accidents. I don't like doing that stuff. I take care of strokes and people that you right. know really messed up. I, I want the train wrecks. I don't want anything easy. Why would I want an easy case? Because that makes you weak. I don't want that. You know, give me, give me, give me somebody who's got mm-hmm. genetic problems in a wheelchair. And I'm going to, my goal is to get them, hey, let's get them to a walker. Oh, let's get them out of the walker to a cane. Let's get them from a cane to a brace. Man, that's what, that's mm-hmm. my goals in life. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like talking, I'm like, oh, it's a car accident. Yeah, low back. I'll get this done in two weeks. No big deal. I mean, that's that's kind of how I look at things. You know, it's like I take it as an ego. You know, how fast can I get them out of pain and how quick can I teach them about health? Because sometimes they don't want to hear my spiel. You know, Uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, if people listened, we wouldn't need churches. Right. You need one or two sermons. You're done. Right. Ten commandments. Hey, that's it. Right. Don't have to go back. I got it. Right. Don't need any reminders. You know, right. You know, last time I looked, Tom Brady still has a coach around him. So, so the amazing thing <laughs> is this woman comes in and she had gray hair, very bent over. And it wasn't just the pain, just looked old, looked spent. So lays down and I'm working on her and, and I'm saying, well, she says, yeah, I said, you know, you, you fell down, you got into an accident, whatever it was. And I say, I start talking about bone health, you know, and I said, well, you know, I, I really worry about the women that are a little older. Let's get your, you know, have you talked about osteopenia, bone weakness or osteoporosis? You know, very weak bone, frail bone. And I said, I'm worried about hip fractures and that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to be doing that, or at least I recommend you talk to your GP and get that done. So she leaves and she thanks me and she gets out of pain quick. And um, <laughs> I happened... Uh, Something happened at the front desk where someone had to leave early. So I finished typing in the, the note and, and put, the, uh, put it into the patient's file. And I looked at her birth date. She was 48. Oh, wow. Gray hair. I thought, I thought she was 70 or 80, Doc. And I'm like, are yeah. you kidding me? And, you know, I'm thinking maybe she was a smoker or something like that. But this poor person and you could just feel the depression and life's been too much on me and I'm not happy. And, you know, I, I was just like, Oh my God, that is the oldest 40 year old I've ever seen in 30 years of practice. And I, and I told Belinda about it and she goes, there's no way. And she goes that, how did you feel afterwards? I say, wait till you meet her. And Belinda was working in the office one time, my wife, and she went, she saw her and said, Oh my God, you're so right. And I just realized that if you tell yourself over and over and you do those things that make you old age, that make you weaker, if you're constantly doing things that make you weaker and old, your body's going to respond. Here's the great thing about the human body. If you do those things, like you said, maybe it's baby steps, maybe it's a complete turn the other leaf, turn the leaf over, but 
you, if you do those things that strengthen your body, strengthen your mind, strengthen your spirit, guess what? It's going to take off. Well, what do you mean spirit? Is that religion? No, no, no. Being happy, you know, having, realizing there's something outside yourself, not being self-centered, looking at the bigger picture. If you can just do some of these things and realizing, get off of CNN. Um, the best thing I did is oh, almost a year ago, I just stopped watching mass media. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, um, me too. I, me too. Yeah, as soon as this COVID thing came out and the lies I heard about it, I mean, in my house, we have vitamin D. We have we have everything you need if COVID hits. I got that a month before it came over here. I got it in January, February. I stocked my house out. If you wonder where all the toilet paper went, it went to the Clary household. I did all that. People are like, <laughs> and this is before there was a run. Like, Fred, you're crazy. Why are you doing all this? Because I know how dumb people are. They're going to rush the house. They're going to rush to the grocery store, get the toilet paper, get Kleenex, buy all the cold medicine. I mean, because we're not being taught how to take care of ourselves. You know, I loaded up on zinc, vitamin mm -hmm. D, lysine, all the antivirals, you know. So, you know, we have tonic. Club soda. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Club soda, tonic butter, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a whole thing of club soda right behind me. It's sitting right there, you know. So, <laughs> you know, you got, you got to drive that zinc into your cells. So my, my question for you to finish up here, you know, where does someone start? Where do you start to learn about health and treat yourself and become healthy? I've always gone to, to start off on a topic, I try to find the source of that information, like who is the guru of that? Mm -hmm. um, when I, when I, I had studied meditation before and, and such, but when I wanted to get back into it, I, I thought one of the most prolific writers who's very mainstream is Deepak Chopra. Yeah. So I got into some of his books about meditation and he made a statement one time that if you want to lose weight, you need to meditate. Yes. And I thought, OK, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch it at first. Like, OK, you're going to burn calories, uh, build muscle mass. Uh, and I had to poke it around inside my head. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, meditation is going to give you a sense of calm. That sense of calm will replace what you're doing with food. Yeah. Right. When you're when you're bossing your bossing your uh, blood sugar around to get your ups and downs and your ha ha's and yee yee's on your tongue and making that all happy, um, you won't have to do that as much because you got a sense of centered and calmness. So I try to find who is the source of that information, who's been writing about it for a while. And, you know, I, I go to Mercola.com, Joseph Mercola's website a lot. Uh, I'm real, I've been impressed with him for years. So and, and if it's a topic like the virus, for example, the first thing I did was get online, go go. And I took a course from the head virologist of Columbia University online every day when I did my treadmill part of my workout or if I went outside uh, when it was summer here and running out, I would bring it with me and listen to what he had to say. This guy's very pro vaccine. He makes vaccines. But what does he know? He knows about viruses. He understands them. And the first thing he said is. We want this thing to mutate. And if I listen to one more newscaster start to scare people about mutation, I'm really going to lose my mind. He mm -hmm. said, you really got to realize we're hoping for mutation. Mutations go to weakness almost always, almost always. OK, nothing in science is always, 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 almost always. So I, I and then and, and that would a lot of his stuff. You need a science background to fully understand. So that but that was my level. Right. I can understand where he's going. I had to hit the books a little bit, hit, you know, grab on my phone and, and look up a couple of phrases uh, to catch up. 
it's been a while since I've uh, known everything, I've known that much about virus, a uh, viral infection and everything else. And, you know, for me, it's, it's researching sources that are knowing their biases, but also listening. And so for me, it's, and, and, you know, if I would, I would come to, if I was a layman, I'd come to somebody like you or I and say, okay, this guy confidently makes statements about um, information that is related to my problem. And I'd like to tell people, I'm not sure about that, but you know who would know? This guy, here's a book, here's a reference, look this up. Uh, do I have your cell? Give me your cell, I'm gonna send you a video on that. I love sending, sending you know, uh, information to people afterwards because I'm like, all right, I can't, I don't know if I don't have time in the room today with, the, with this for this thick content. This is a 20 minute presentation. I'm gonna send you this, right? Here's, you know, and so for me, it's always find trusted experts in those fields and, and watch what their biases are. You know, you got to take things with a grain of salt sometimes because they're selling something or they're stuck down a paradigm that uh, fully isn't reality, uh, you know, uh, but know what that is. And, you know, I, probably the simplest thing that I do, right? Just look, have good sources, start it now. Get your health gurus going right now. So the next time you have a health issue, if you all of a sudden have you know chest pain, you end up in the hospital, you should have already known a little bit about blood chemistry, a little bit about your heart. You know, know the basic diseases and know the natural ways of deterring them. Look into your genome. It counts. I don't, I don't buy into it 100% by no means. You know, there's plasticity in the body. Uh, Bruce Lipton, another great name, right? Mm -hmm. Love Bruce Lipton. He has all kinds of stuff to say about neuroplasticity as well. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called The Biology of Consciousness, mm -hmm. uh, just mind-blowing, you know, years ago. And he's, he's a cell biologist that has uh, been teaching cell biology to in medical school for years and uh, has come across some amazing data about how how we can change our health and not express some of the genomes some of the genes that are in us don't let them express themselves don't stress them you know do do the behaviors associated with that take whatever's in the gene pool and do what is healthy for that if you have diabetes in the gene pool if you have heart disease cancer do things that deter those diseases. Make that your, your 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 goal. Make a few steps towards that. So stay well read ahead of time. Get you know shut the TV off and read a book. I mean, there's there's so many great books about just viruses. If you like science fiction, you're gonna like viruses, all right. right? Because they're going beyond. I mean, you could watch all the Star Treks you want. You read a book about a virus and you're like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right? I mean, there's nothing more amazing than in, in the science world than how a virus behaves. Is it alive, right? It's, it, it doesn't show every sign of life, Yeah. right? And they're all over the place. There's 2 million viruses in a teaspoon of seawater. You yeah. can drink it down. Why doesn't it bother you? Because they're fish viruses. That's why you're not a fish. Yeah. Well, you can get a pig virus, why? Because we're kind of pigs. Yeah. You know, there's a lot in common with, with pigs. So yeah. swine flu, I'm sure you have opinions about that. We won't get into that today, I can only imagine. But that, no, that's I, what I do. I try to stay current. Yeah, I, I like it's that. So, not that hard. So, so the, problem, the, the problem when I tell people, go get some information, well, I did. I watched CNN. Well, I listened to Fauci. Mm -hmm. I listened to this. And I'm like, okay, stop. Yeah, it's I said, It's painful. I said, is he talking to the people who survived? What? Okay. Who do you, who do you want to talk to? The division to quarterback who uh who you know they're oh and ten and uh you know you know he plays for sister mary's school of the blind 
Or do you want to talk to Tom Brady on how to be a quarterback? Everyone's going to say, you can talk to Tom Brady. Um, I just interviewed on my podcast, Brian Carroll. Amazing story. He had a, a, had a blown out back. There's a reason I'm talking to him. But he just squatted. He just retired 1,306 pounds in a lifting meet. And uh, great wow. podcast. If, if There's more on there. You don't even have to want to lift weights. If all, you know, but he talks about attitude and how to train and discipline and timing and periodization of your life, you know, having a season for everything. Like you're having a season to lose weight. Maybe there's a season for something else and giving that variety to the nervous system. He talks about the nervous system all the way through it. But here's a guy who squats 1300 pounds and he's well-known uh, power lifter in the 220, 242 pound class. He talked about all this stuff. And uh, the most amazing thing is if, if I want to learn how to be strong, I'm going to talk to someone like Brian Carroll, Dave Hoff, strongest humans in the world. If you want to talk about a virus, why aren't we talking to the people who make these coronaviruses? Um, Fauci is not a geneticist. He is, he is not a biologist. He's not someone in the lab every day that does it. Who is mm-hmm. he? He is a public figure. He's a government official. Um, you know, yeah. he, when's the last time he treated anyone? No one. So, you know, that smug attitude and he keeps changing and people like he keeps changing his mind left and right. Is that your source of information? What, why don't you read a textbook? And that's why I honestly, you walk into my office next to the Keurig machine are two textbooks on coronaviruses. They're the latest one. The last one came out 2017, right before this. And people are like, what are these for? I didn't know there was a thing. I say, my first textbook on coronavirus is from 1987. It's on this laptop. It's a PDF. Why? Because I was studying them in undergrad at University of Maryland because I wanted to do viruses. I wanted to be a biologist. And I thought coronavirus, ah, they're weak viruses. They're pretty cool. But, you know, they're, they change so easy. They mutate so easy. Let's, let's study these, you know, and, and how they jump from one animal to another. And I thought that was cool in 1987. Well, now it's 2021 and, you know, it's still the same bug. It, it, it's still the same thing. It's doing exactly what all the other coronaviruses do. In fact, this one's weaker. The first cousin, SARS-1, was stronger. So, you know, what are your sources of information? And the amazing thing is, and I don't know where this comes from. Maybe it's a change in our culture. All of a sudden, everyone thinks they're an expert. Guess what? You know, I, I was very humble and glad I got to talk to Brian Carroll. He's done things I've never done. You know, one of the strongest humans mm-hmm. ever to face the earth. I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to right. Your 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 point about studying studying the winners is 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 a fantastic point. Uh, you know, I, I live in Buffalo. I, I watched Buffalo Bills football. We've been manhandled and abused by Tom Brady for like a century, and most people talk about how they hate him. I hate him. He's this. He's that. And I just stay quiet because I am a Bills fan. I'm a football fan. I'm an, I'm a fan of athletics in general sports to some degree, by no means would you put me in that sports fan category. Cause I couldn't name more than two hockey players to be honest with you, but I do, I am fascinated by football. I love the chess game that it is. And with Tom Brady, I, how, how could, I can't 
find a way to hate this guy, no matter how hard they try. What he loves his chiropractor. He eats the same diet I do. Yeah. Um, he he does all the stuff that I do. And how can I disagree or dislike somebody who doesn't quit, who who gets focused and 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 doesn't like to lose? These are he, he and I have the same traits. He's just doing it at a level that I haven't been able to get to. Um, but it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. I mean, he has been smug here and there. He said a few, you know, nasty things about the city of Buffalo that, that he probably shouldn't have said. Uh, okay. I mean, everybody going to say smart things every minute of their life. Once in a while, you're going to say something offbeat, off color, and hopefully you're big enough to go back and apologize about it. But, you know, and then some of that's just the usual, you know, trash talking because how, how many abusive statements has have been thrown his way right exactly so yeah study the winner i have an 87 year old uh diabetic probably 40 pounds overweight woman that comes in on a walker who got this virus and was laid up for about three four weeks and when she came back she said well it wasn't the most sick i've ever been all right now why isn't she on cnn news being interviewed by sanjay gupta right. You know, why, why isn't he going, man, let's study you. You're yes. the Tom Brady of this virus, it looks like. Yeah. How did you do this? You don't fit what we are currently seeing. Yeah. What did you do? I don't know what she'd have to say, to be honest with you, but I can tell you her attitude in life is fantastic. Yeah. She's an old Italian woman, and I will jokingly sing a, an Italian song when I walk in the room when she's like reading a magazine around the table, and she goes, oh, the doctor's here. And we tease about the foods of our ethnicity, and she's a sweet, amazing woman. I absolutely adore her. And I never, I didn't know she had it until she came in afterwards. She was missing for a little while, came back and told me. And she doesn't downplay it and say it's a joke by no means. You know, she's lost friends to it in nursing homes. She's 87, right? She's got a lot of older friends. She's lost some. But, you know, uh, she's had she has it in perspective and she's she knows she's fortunate to make it through. Um, but let, let's let's study her just like you'd study Tom Brady. If you want to know how to be a great quarterback. I, I totally agree. Tom Brady study, the study the winners. Study the winners. Like it, it blows my mind that everyone's an expert. Well, you know, Fauci, have you treated thousands of people and gotten them stronger? I guarantee the answer is no. Um, oh, have yeah. you worked with no people? Way. Have you coached people to be physically, mentally, physically stronger? The answer is no. So your information <laughs> comes from your research on negativity, negative things. You know, I, you have to study the enemy. You have to be good about it. But like you said, I always say, okay, you know, if I was the Bills coach, and of course, I'm sure they're smarter than me. That's what they do. There's coaches. But I would have prepared, you know, for a Tom Brady when he was at New England. Um, you know, it, it's so funny. Green Bay was like they were all smug. And I'm right on the border of Wisconsin. So I have a lot of Wisconsin Green Bay Packer fans. And they're like, I just can't believe we we got beat by him and all that. And I said, well, the, the problem is you were so I think the Green Bay was so worried about playing their game instead of trying to figure out what Tom Brady does right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, sometimes exactly. that's going to be an interesting. I was going to say it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl because you have, uh, I think, in Kansas City, a better overall team. Yeah. But then you have this pretty darn good team, and then you have Tom Brady standing back there, which, believe me, as a Bills fan, 
is a horrifying thing to sit through. Because you oh, and, just and again, you think I of the experience it, in the book. And I've been saying this for 30 years. Um, I, re- I remember sitting here just to go on because we can. It's a podcast about football and winners. I remember there was the uh, Houston Oilers. Was it the Oilers then versus the Buffalo Bills in the AFC title game? Greatest comeback. Yeah. Greatest comeback. Right, yeah. right, right. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember you turned it off. We were watching. I said, don't turn it off. And you were like looking at me, oh, my God, we're going to get killed. We're down by four touchdowns or whatever. It was ridiculous. And I go, you have to watch it because he's hurt. And Frank's coming in. And Frank doesn't know that he could lose. It's a yeah. different mindset. Some people don't realize if, if you put on your glasses, and this is good for everyone listening, and I'm not trying to blow sunshine up your skirt at some motivational thing, but it's a way of the how the nervous system works. If you realize your creation of God, child of God, whatever you believe, and that, that you were put here for success, not to be sick, not to run and hide from whatever, bugs, relationships, troubles, finances, whatever it is. And if you realize that, your brain through its filter, right? It has a filter there. It's called the thalamic filter. Part of our brain deep end will start for looking for reasons to win. Just like if you think, if you think you're, I'll always give this story, a true story. I had a, a patient who, you know, him and his wife were having troubles and, you know, cause I've seen them in, individually and they're having troubles, troubles. And all of a sudden, you know, she's on the phone a lot and she, you know, she says she's going to Target and she comes home with a Walmart bag and, you know, couldn't couldn't account for any of her time. And, and he's very introvert, so he wouldn't approach her. So you just got to ask her, hey, you cheating? What's going on? Are we done? You know, just be I can't do that. You know, it's, this is the Midwest, Dr. Mike. People don't talk here. And I said, just ask her. Are you having he said she says, well, I'm working on something. And this, all of a sudden he thinks. Oh, no, she's going to take my money, whatever. He goes and gets an attorney, draws up separation papers because he's done. He's like, kids are out of the house, whatever. You know, he's in his late 40s, whatever. I'm done. Gets the envelope and he goes, you know what? I'm going to take her out on Friday night, say thank you for 20 some years. Got the kids out of the house. Let's get separated, go our separate ways, because obviously you're not happy. And I don't want to find out you're doing anything on the side. Just I can't live that way. He walks into his house on Friday, has the, the, the papers under his envelope and his arm, opens the door. Surprise, he turned 50. There he is. There is <laughs> oh, old God. high school. This true story. Old <laughs> high school buddies. His whole family's there. She'd been coordinating <laughs> six months on the day. Oh, man. Right? That's what he yeah. was seeing. That is what he was seeing. He actually hired a private investigator, right? And said, I saw your wife having lunch when she lied and said, oh, I was with the girls having lunch with this guy. It was their best man. And she was trying to get him to go get his letterman jacket from high school. He thought, wow. So 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 his brain did what it filtered out all it filtered out how she was still loving toward him, you know, Mm -hmm. really focused on they were just busy executives you know, he filtered all that out and just looked for any negative thing. He looked for the 10% negative right. in every relationship there is. 
and miss the 90% good. He's ready to divorce her. She's working on this great 50th party. He was the high school quarterback coat, you know, guy and got the old Letterman jacket, pictures all up, balloons. People we hadn't seen for 30, 40 years were there. It was amazing, amazing stuff, right? Yeah. And I go, what did you do with that envelope? I went into the bathroom and I hid it in the shower until I could get there. And I go, did you tell her? I said, yeah, I think I'm going to tell her. No, don't. don't you take don't. that secret to your grave. And goes, I agree. And he goes, oh, I should have secrets for my wife? Yes, this is one, because you were so wrong. Just have one. Just have one secret. This that is one. one secret. He's steered you off know? the deep end. Yeah. And I said, and you better oh. pay that lawyer with cash. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't let her find that check. Exactly. She'll Google right. you know, Smith and Smith, divorce attorney, you know? <laughs> oh, God. But that's a good example. That's awesome. Good that's, how our, that's how we work as humans. So if you're reading Deepak Chopra or McCullough, you know, all these stuff. I read uh, Dr. Amen. Have you heard of him? Um, he's yeah, a, yeah. yeah, I haven't read much, though. He, he's a neuroscientist. And what he'll do is like two couples are fighting and, he'll, and she'll say, he's not the man I ever met. And she's a naggy person. Well, he'll do full blood work. He'll do PET scans. He'll do MRIs on these people. And they don't have s- symptoms beside the relationship. Well, the guy's testosterone's too low. Well, guess what? He's not the man you met. He'll now he uses medicines. He'll get his their testosterone back in the normal range. Take a picture of her. Her dorsal medial lobe's too small. That's the place for reasoning and, and balance and wisdom, right? And you know, mm. the, the ability, well, that guy just cut me off. I want to kill him. You're not gonna kill him, right? That ability to pull back a little bit. Well. Gives her medication for GABA and and all the and gives her on vitamins and all this. All of a sudden, they come back six months later. They're in love. They're having a second honeymoon. You know why? Because mm-hmm. what is goes on around you affects your insides, and your insides affect the outside. Also, it's two way street. So if you're living an unhealthy lifestyle and not studying the ways of health, if you don't if all your information about viruses and health and wellness are coming off of CNN or Fox News or NSNBC or coming from a medical doctor who doesn't believe in success and getting stronger and getting better and taking on challenges. My God, um, get someone new. It happens in the NFL all the time. They just keep getting new coaches, right? If you're not a winner, let's bring in a winner. What did did Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay do? That is the great example of health. They haven't been in the playoffs in forever. They brought in what? A winner, an older winner, right? Yeah, he's, he's in his last years. <laughs> First year, COVID, <laughs> pandemic, takes him to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Exactly. 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 And they brought Rob Gronkowski, who's from this area. He, he's like one school district away where he went up. You know, Rob Gronkowski is a, a Buffalo, New Yorker. They brought him in, one of his favorite targets. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so you're bringing in a team right there. You're bringing in the dynamic, the emotional dynamic of those two is really great because Rob Gronkowski is like a comedian, yeah. and Tom isn't known for being comedic. I'm sure he's got a sense of humor a little bit, but he's more of a focused achievement guy. And you put them together, and they're a really nice mix. One's making the one guy laugh, keeping it light. The other guy's keeping the other guy focused, and they make a really good pair. And they oh. brought that pair in, which is even more powerful, you got a little chunk of something that worked and putting it on a team that's, you know, almost there. And now they're there. So it's going to be interesting. 
Well, and you think about you, you talk about how I push everyone in the weight room. Think about, you know, my friend Amir who squat the 605. Would have he done that? I mean, I actually threw a chair at a wall to wake him up a little bit. I'm like, come on, you can do this. Would he have done that if I was I had complete belief in him? Now, it wasn't unfounded belief. It wasn't like, you know, I said squat 700 and you would have been destroyed and in the hospital, right? And we don't be catching the weight spotting. No, it, I knew where his capabilities were and I wanted him to be the best he could be. If you don't have a medical doctor, a chiropractor, an osteopath, a midwife, a nurse practitioner, a naturopath in your life, herbologist, mm -hmm. acupuncturist that is mm -hmm. pushing you to be the best person you can be, and they're just treating symptoms, oh my God, you know? It, I know. I mean, exactly. Why? So, so Wait. go ahead. Now I'm going to say, you know, the, the system in this country has been the Western medical model and it's tweaked a little bit to sound like maybe it's doing the job, but it still fails when it comes to health. It's great at keeping people alive. I mean, yeah. a lot of people realize this. Yeah. Your medical doctor's job is to keep you from having a big disease and keep you alive. And that's fantastic. That's, that's one of the members on your team. That's one of the coaches in your life, right? He's going to order the blood work, shoot the stuff. And, and, and you're in big trouble. There's your guy. But everything else about not getting yourself in trouble is about going in and finding people that can find problems in your body that are starting early, pre-symptomatically by looking at the signs, right? Chinese medicine, they didn't have ERs in China back 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years ago. They didn't have drugs and surgery. What did they have? Well, the only way you can keep people healthy was to see the early signs. You didn't wait for symptoms. Yeah. You saw little wrinkles on their earlobes and you thought that's heart disease. You look at the tongue, the tongue's a funny color and it's got a funny shape. That is associated with these diseases, the early signs of these, these diseases. Even before blood work shifts, you sometimes get these outward signs. That's the way to truly be healthy. Look at the signs, don't wait for the symptoms. And who's good at this stuff? Well, natural doctors are good at this stuff. We don't have, partly because that's how we're trained, partly because we don't have access to a lot of that, all the toys that, that look later in the game. We don't really need them. That's, that's for someone else to do. We can focus on getting the, looking at the signs and, and looking at the habits. You know, the, what is it? The body of today is, tells you the history of yesterday. Mm -hmm. And the, the history of, or the, the actions of today are going to predict the body of the future. So what you're doing right now is going to, you can predict where the body's going. And you look at the body right now and you can get a sense of what went on in the past. Oh, it's on a delay. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, I, I can tell what kind of person you are and how you feel about yourself by how you exercise and how you eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how much do you want to be alive? Yeah. You know, some people, you know, some people feel that, some of the diseases are a like a subconscious uh, suicide, yes. right? The people are, you know, they, they just came up with a term. I think it's uh, diseases of misery, disease uh, of misery, despair. Yeah. Diseases I just put of, that out on Facebook. Uh, diseases of despair. Yep. Diseases yeah. of despair. Yeah, alcoholism, diabetes, because people are doing things in desperation, and then their body is paying a price for that. And that's what's gone through the roof with this pandemic, uh, the hopelessness and, and the fear uh, of this has caused people to, you know, drink more alcohol, eat more food, unhealthy foods. They're looking for comfort. And I get that. It's sad. You're looking for comfort and you don't have, 
a historic mechanism for getting comfort in healthy ways. And maybe because you've been relatively happy and you never had a search, you, yeah. you were given a, an easy ride in your life and all of a sudden this hits and you don't have uh, all the things that you and I have as tools for coping mechanisms, right? The, the information, the physical workouts, the proper diet, the, 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 the like-minded individuals that we surround ourselves with, people that lift us up, not people that are here to beat us down. You know, I, I don't want people in my life that are here to beat me down. I want people in my life that, that cheer on my success. I don't, I don't get jealous very easily. It's not something that I feel. When someone does something and outdoes uh, something I do, I want to study them and find out how I can become better. They just beat me at something. How'd they do it? What can I do to beat them next time maybe or to raise my game up to the next level? How did they pull that off? Like you said, study the winners. Study That's something the winners. that I think I've, I've done for years. Yeah. 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 And so, so to finish up, you know, um, get a team around you study the winners. And if you don't know who those winners are, ask people, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I ask doctors all the time. And if your doctor can't name off some of the winners, you know, you got to stop. Like um, I actually asked uh, online a, a guy who's a virologist say, you know, what do I start with fields of virology textbook, which is like six inches deep and it's two volumes. And he goes, yeah, that's where you start. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start there you know, challenge. But, you know, of course I got through it and then I'm like, okay, that's not enough. Give me more. Um, you know, cause just trying to understand what's going on here and digesting it. It's okay to challenge yourself. Um, someone online told me, well, not everyone, you know, has a medical background. You're right. Not everyone does study it. Um, excuse me, then why are you making a comment about this? Why don't you dig in and learn? I have the same brain you guys do. Just take your time. If this pandemic scares you, take that energy to get healthier, to learn more about how your body works, learn how your kids' bodies work. I mean, I know when this thing came out, because I'm responsible for six other humans' lives, guess what? I'm busting my butt to make sure I have this handled. Okay, I got it handled. I know how to handle if someone gets sick or whatever. And uh, my 22-year-old stepson did get it. Um, he doesn't live here anymore, but he works with the homeless. He uh, works in a shelter. He's a manager. Right now, it's a part-time job in college. It was a cold for him for 48 hours, a bad cold. And, of course, he's living the college lifestyle, wink, wink. You know what that means, pizza and beer, mm -hmm. right? But, um, yeah. of course, the first thing me and his uh, mom said is, like, uh, did you take your zinc? Did you take your D? I don't have any. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, as much as you hear from us guys, you come into my counter, it looks like a pharmacy of nutritionals, you know? And yeah. I'm like, well, it, let, let's send you some, you know, take it. And he goes, yeah, I, I've been listening to you, but I just couldn't do it. Well, okay. Luckily, you only had a cold for 48 hours. If you took your D, you would have had it for 48 minutes. You know, it, it's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. You know, come on. It, this is easy stuff. So, so learn, get those experts around you, learn the easy stuff. A hundred percent, Fred. I think you're right on. And if someone doesn't have a medical degree, get a simpler book. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if you don't have the energy to, to push through or you don't have the, the prerequisite information to push through a, a book like that one you referred to, uh, I don't know. That, I, I don't think they sell a book called Virus for Dummies, but boy, would that sell right now, right? Oh, oh my goodness. Viruses for Dummies, you know, part one, part two, part three, <laughs> you know, uh, 
you know, the immune system for dummies, I, that, I mean, there are basic YouTube videos on the immune system put out that are fantastic. They go over the basic premise and then you start there, get that memorized, then go to something a little more complex and then go to the university, you know, Columbia University's head virologist and then start listening to that and you'll catch maybe 80%. Some of it will go over your head. Some of it goes over my head. So what do I do? Hit pause, you know, Google up the answer to, to what that really means. Oh, okay. I get that. All right. And then turn it back on. It's not that hard to do. It's it's so much easier to do that than to sit in fear. Yeah. You and I, I think we were talking about, you know, I, I don't, I can't sustain fear for very long. I'm not some macho, crazy MMA fighter, but I cannot sit in fear. I will take action. once If I'm scared for a short time, okay, now I'm fed up. I'm not sitting here like this. I turn around and run right at the thing. I don't care what it is. And that's, that's just how I was raised. That's how we define masculinity is fighting for yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not a naturally by any means violent person, but I can't sustain fear. It eats me alive. I can't do it. So what do I do? Inform and attack. That's, that's just my strategy. And that attack, it, it, I'm not saying that's a violent attack, it, but it's an informational attack. I'm not going to let things eat me alive and live in fear. Other people can sustain fear. They're built that way. Okay, that might come in handy in, in, in certain circumstances. I don't know when, because I'm just not that kind of person, but I'm sure it does. These are survival mechanisms that are built into us, I believe, or, or we're taught them through our parents, teachers, and peers. Uh, I just wasn't taught that. I was taught, you know, you, you, someone's bullying you, you study them a little bit, then you take them out. And that, and this virus is bullying. CNN News is bullying people. Yeah. Drug companies are bullying people. It's a bully job, and a lot of it's for cash. And I think we got to wake up and realize that and do it and and do smart things to get healthy and that, and that's it's it's not that hard to do i i i finish here i usually tell my patients if you're really worried take that energy into studying what makes you healthier uh, are you getting 100 grams of exactly. good quality protein are you drinking a gallon of water no well start there because mm -hmm. i'd be scared too if i wasn't doing that if i wasn't getting at least 100 grams of protein yes. of good quality getting all my vitamins my fat soluble vitamins my minerals if i wasn't getting good quality water in if you're not doing those things then you should be scared well i, I guess i could do Absolutely. that good you could eat protein three times a day you'd be amazed at how good you mm -hmm. would be what do you think you make antibodies with carbs you don't make them with Twinkies and Pop-Tarts. You make them with protein. They're made of protein. Right. It's not magic. The protein's got to go through your mouth. So mm -hmm. that's the only way it gets yeah. there. Well, thanks, Doc. I appreciate getting up on Sunday mornings. I, I, I think I'm going to call no, I love it Sunday mornings with, with Dr. Mike or something. We'll, we'll have to do something. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I enjoyed myself as always anytime I'm hanging with you. And I got to, I'm facing, this, this whole setup faces uh, east. I was able to watch the sun come up as we were talking, which is awesome too, right? I mean, I love a sunrise. Oh, that's awesome. All right. You have a good night. You know, hug your wife you for me. A good day. Have we'll a hug do. your wife for me. We'll do. All right. Bye-bye. You too. You too, Fred. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Take it easy.